0: This is The Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week Association between Smoking, Smoking Cessation, and Mortality by Race, Ethnicity, and Sex Among U.S. Adults is in JAMA Network Open. This study used data from the U.S. National Health Interview Survey and found that smoking was associated with substantial excess mortality in all groups. Study participants who quit smoking before age 45 were associated with close to 90% reduction in the excess mortality risk associated with continued smoking. Quitting at ages 45 through 64 was associated with a 66% reduction, irrespective of race and ethnicity. Next is a study in JAMA Network Open, titled, Effect of Implementation Facilitation to Promote Adoption of Medications for Addiction Treatment in U.S. HIV Clinics. In this randomized clinical trial of over 3,000 patients with opioid, alcohol, or tobacco use disorder, implementation facilitation was not associated with a statistically significant increase in observed provision of medication for either opioid use disorder or alcohol use disorder. The study did find a significant increase in provision of medication for tobacco use disorder. These findings suggest that implementation facilitation can increase provision of medications for alcohol, and tobacco use disorder in HIV clinics, although additional efforts may be needed to improve the impact of these medications. A new article in the American Journal of Psychiatry is titled Performance Measurement for Opioid Use Disorder Medication Treatment and Care Retention. To investigate the predictive value of early treatment response on six-month treatment retention, this study applied the Health Effectiveness and Data Information Set Engagement Quality Measure to patients in a multi-site, multi-state buprenorphine maintenance treatment program. Almost half of patients who successfully met quality measures for substance use disorders were subsequently retained in care for a minimum of six months. The study found that only a nominal 2.9% of those who did not engage remained in care at six months. These findings are clinically meaningful and could guide intervention development to prioritize stabilization of high-risk patients early in treatment. Next, we have an article in European Heart Journal titled Cannabis, Cocaine, Methamphetamine, and Opiates, Increase Risk of Incidental Atrial Fibrillation. This study reported on the relationship between atrial fibrillation and the use of four substances. ICD-9 and CPT codes were analyzed from over 23 million patients who had a hospital encounter between 2005 and 2015 in California. The study found that atrial fibrillation developed in 4.2% of this group. Increased risk of atrial fibrillation was associated with methamphetamine, cocaine, opioid, and cannabis use. Use of multiple substances increased patient risk of atrial fibrillation. A new article in Nature Neuroscience is titled, The Neural Basis of Psychedelic Action. This review article summarizes the neurobiology of psychedelics, including their chemistry, role of 5-HT, serotonin receptors and downstream effects, and neuroimaging results. After reviewing current knowledge, the authors suggest some open questions for future research. They note a lack of studies explicitly testing if 5-HT is the molecular basis for psychedelic therapeutic effects, especially given that many psychedelics also activate the 5-HT receptors. Additional research is also needed to examine the roles of the various cell types in psychedelic effects and in linking the neurobiological action to its behavioral effects. One significant clinical question is whether or not the potential therapeutic effects can be separated from the subjective experience of these substances. The next article, titled, Defining and Supporting High-Quality Telehealth for Patients with Opioid Use Disorder, is in Substance Abuse. This article discusses both the advantages and problems of using telehealth for treatment of patients with opioid use disorder. The authors note that telehealth can address distance and transportation issues that can otherwise be barriers to initial access and retention in treatment. However, telehealth can present problems for the physical exam and for toxicology testing. The authors call for research to help define which components are essential to quality patient care. For example, frequent contact may be more important to patients than in-person visits. Our next article is in the International Journal of Neuropsychopharmacology, titled Default Mode Network Modulation by Psychedelics. The authors summarize the findings of 24 studies and present three potential models for psychedelics mode of action. The first model is the relaxed beliefs under psychedelics and brain entropy with primary effects via activation of 5-HT receptors. This leads to increased brain entropy and attenuated top-down processing. It is also associated with improved emotional regulation, feelings of self-transcendence, well-being, and decreased depression. The second model, thalamo thalamocortical, postulated alteration and disinhibition of the thalamus, with increased sensory information input to the cortex. The final model, corticoclostrocortical model, operates by activating receptors in the claustrum leading to disruption in higher cortical networks. The authors note that additional research is needed to test various models and that there are still legitimate questions about potential clinical benefits of the various neuropsychiatric conditions. Our final article is titled, Low-Barrier Buprenorphine Treatment for People Experiencing Homelessness and is in Psychiatric Services. In 2016, the Connecticut Mental Health Center initiated Street Mental Health Outreach to care for the city's estimated 673 unhoused individuals. From July 2019 to April 2021, the street team had 475 encounters. Providers noticed that patients with opioid use disorder who were motivated to receive treatment struggled with treatment access. The street team provided low barrier buprenorphine treatment and their success in prescribing through street outreach to individuals experiencing homelessness suggests that similar programs can be developed in other street-based mental health treatment settings. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ASAM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and asam.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.